this world that is Lindy serenading you with our lovely theme song. Cuckoo. Yeah, that's about good. Okay. Cuckoo, 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 witness <laughs> maybe we can hopefully edit it out we'll see we'll see no. how this goes but if, no okay we'll just leave it it's fine <laughs> technical difficulties but thanks for coming back everybody we appreciate it yeah thank you over 300 plays thank you so much for the love you're enjoying we're enjoying it. it today we are going to talk about because it's opening day oh oh yeah opening day Summer olympics so this uh... So it was actually Tokyo and it was supposed to be 2020, but obviously due to our pandemic uh, circumstances, Current world situation, they, unlike in previous years, instead of canceling it, they decided to postpone it to 2021. Here we are deciding to look back on the turn of the millennium Olympics that we decided or that we experienced. Yes. There were three. Yes. Well, four, like 94, but that's winter. Well, that's winter. So yeah, it would have been we'll, 92 for the we'll summer. We're going to do winter, winter in another episode when the winter. That's just the most memorable, more memorable one in my mind. Yes. But because we're experiencing summer and they start yeah. today, we're going to do ours entirely on summer this year. So we experienced three and our coming of age years. We had 96 in Atlanta, 2000 in Sydney and 2004 in Athens. Athens, Greece, yo. Birthplace of the Olympics. What, what? Speaking of the birthplace of the Olympics, yes, yeah, so it was obviously Athens. Um, Quick Greeks. little history of the Olympics right now. Sure, you you want to talk do about that how? Cause... Can we talk about how the participants always participated naked? <laughs> yes, back, way back in the old Grecian times, they were naked when they competed, and I think it was all men as well for. They so Latin long... for three years, so I know these things. <laughs> so for a long, long time, actually, I believe they uh, were just mostly. They was just all men as well competing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. Women weren't allowed until I'm gonna Google that right now. I'm going to let you know in a second. Continue Steph. So they actually started, well, the, the modern day Olympics as they are now started in actually 1896. Atlanta Olympics was actually kind of the 100. Well, it was the one, actually it was the 100th anniversary of the modern Olympics. 1900. 1900 was when the women's the year 1900 was when females were allowed to participate in the Olympics. Okay. So just after the, just after they became the modern Olympics, because like I said, it was 1896 when the modern Olympics started because Atlanta 1996 was the 100th anniversary. They wanted to go back to Athens. Um, when the original bids kind of came out, I remember them, they wanted, people were kind of up and like, Oh, it should go back to the original birthplace instead of Atlanta. But then I think they kind of made a compromise and some of the places they went in Atlanta was Athens, Georgia. I think one of the facilities so I just kind of remember that I think yeah I, think I so, remember mention of that yeah so in 96 they actually ran from July 19th until August 4th uh this year they start July 23rd and go until what August I assume like 7th or 8th or something I forgot to check the end date couldn't tell you typically like traditionally how long are they how many days what 15 two weeks I think they go I think they go from like a Friday to the Saturday and then I think the close like uh, the Sunday's I think it's like two two weekends later is the the Sunday is the closing ceremonies. Okay, and they still have some events leading up to them. So like even before the opening ceremonies, there's a few always a few events that happen yeah, that day or the day before activities. Yeah, yeah. Just a few things. In the last few years, kind of um, there's always been a lot of new sports that have come out um, in the Olympics in Atlanta '96. There was softball, beach volleyball, and mountain biking debuted those years. 
and 24 countries made their summer debut, including 11 former so- Soviet republics. Because obviously in the early 90s, we had the, the fall of the Soviet, re- Soviet Union. Um, so we had 11 former Soviet Union republics now competing in the Olympics. Pretty cool. That's actually pretty cool, yeah. Opening ceremonies, <laughs> we were kind of discussing this a little just before. Usually opening ceremonies last like what? Four, four five hours. hours. Four uh, hours. The first bits of it are always amazing. Um, you know, there's the lighting of the Olympic cauldron, like, and then they ooh, have some performances. Ah, they, usually, they always have some kind of like performance of like what the country is and what they kind of represent, what these Olympic games represent. The Olympic flame, and then the Olympian parade, which takes, I feel like, the most amount of time. What? Twenty-four new countries made that one. So how many oh. countries were already included in the Olympics? Yeah, like how many countries on average are included in the Olympics? Uh, I believe it does depend more. I think I actually read that more compete in the summer versus the winter Olympics, just because there's not as many. There's countries that are like, say, Africa, that it's easier or like Jamaican bobsledding. Um, it's easier for them to train in summer Olympic <laughs> stuff all year round versus our snow and our ice and stuff. Okay. So I think I did read that there's more. I don't know. I don't know the exact amount, number of countries. I think I do remember reading that. There was 197 nations, 10,320 athletes. In 96 which, Atlanta? Yeah, which included 6,797 men, 3,523 women. Wow. And it took place at the Centennial Olympic Stadium. Yes. That is quite the difference in the between the men and the ladies. But remember, yeah. the 90s was and, the rise of the women. Yeah. So we weren't quite coming out of our shells until the late 90s and getting ourselves out there. So yeah. go women. Woo. Woo-hoo. We also had, so that year, Ali, Muhammad Ali actually lit the opening ceremonies cauldron because they do all Olympics. They basically start the Olympic torch flame is what it is. And they pick it from, they light it from the uh, original Olympic flame in Greece every year. And it makes its travel. I believe it goes through every single nation, essentially, that competes. I think it. it goes through every country that's participating. Yes, till until it reaches the destination of yes. where the actual Olympics are happening. And then I usually in this, that is correct. A lot of times if it's going through like your area, they might have like a local athlete or something that's really cool or that ha- might have competed or something. And they'll usually run it through your hometown or something like that. You can see it. Yeah, it's kind of like, isn't it like kind of like a relay? Like it gets passed off to yeah. several people along the line. Yeah, the it's yeah. yeah, it becomes like a torch relay almost across the world essentially. It's kind of like yeah, the world carrying the Olympic flame across the world. And yeah. then usually once it gets towards like the opening ceremonies, they have like so in this case it was the states. So I assume they like the leading up to it is like a bit their biggest kind of I guess final at, like biggest athletes and stuff. Because like I said the opening ceremonies are a spectacle, so of course they're gonna have their biggest people being the last ones in the leg, and then. Ali gets the final flame, lights it. And they always, the cauldrons always are different every year. Um, They're never the same. They kind of go again with the aura of what the Olympics are. She paused for a second. (laughs) So what was this one? Because like, I watched a bit of the opening ceremony before we started recording this. And I saw the flame. Like I saw it's like it's holder or whatever thing. Like it's big. It's pretty impressive. But I don't, I I never really noticed it difference from like the rest of the olympics but i'm not really i think it's it. later because like i remember vancouver's be i don't think theirs was more like it, it was a cauldron on top of like sort of like anikshuks or like wooden things or what i believe is what theirs was i don't know this one just looked like a giant cauldron thing i don't, I don't even know how to explain it it just looked like a giant flame with real flame coming out the top of it 
I guess maybe like, like, Google it if you want to see what it looks like. Yeah, maybe later in the 2000s they did, but like these like it's these posts going up like this, and then all of those ends are lit, and that was what Vancouver's was. So yeah, that's not like Atlanta's at all. They must have changed them in the 2000s at some point where they varied them. So things that I was reading through, um, the there was a Centennial Park bombing eight days into the Olympics. I, I did read that in your notes, yes. And I kind of vaguely remember that happening, but I don't at the same time. Yeah, okay, it sounds like something that would have happened. Because like 96, I was 13. Yeah. I don't know. I was busy with my first boyfriend at that time. Like, never. Not in that way. Sure, 13, sure. Huh? No, sure. I was 13. Like, no. We're not like the kids are nowadays. We were more innocent back then, I think. I think so. We were still wearing Mickey Mouse t-shirts and shit when like, you know, I'm not getting into that. That's a whole other fucking uh, like conversation. Not even an episode. Edit out and continue. Continue. I also remember at this time, like the 96 Olympics, because it also was the like 1000th or not 100th Olympic games. They did have a lot of crazy, like everything Olympic. And I don't know if that was the beginning of it. Cause I don't remember from when I was younger, but I remember that was kind of felt like to me, it felt like the beginning of like all of the Olympic, like crazy promotions and all of the stuff that they could sell off to people and stuff like that. Uh, it's where although, they realized, holy shit, we can make a ton of money off of this. Right. Although there was the 84 Olympic games where they make fun of it in the Simpsons, where you scratch it. If these people, if things, if the American wins, you scratch it and you get a free crusty burger. Mm. That was actually yeah. a real thing that happened. I think it was McDonald's that did. I think when I was researching, I saw that. But I do remember McDonald's had in 96, the Atlanta hats. If you remember those, I had a black one with the tan rimmed. They had, I believe it was a greeny one and then a purpley kind of one. And then they also had watches. And the one I remember having was like a black watch with uh, a bunch of, of the country flags along the side of it. Yes, that sounds familiar. The yeah. watch sounds very, very familiar. Because like, what else did you say that uh, was hats, watches, cups, pins, and plates? Yes. So what were the cups and the plates? What did they look like? I think the cups were... Because I don't remember those. I remember the plates were just, I think, just plastic plates because they were just like Hercules. Olympics on them or something? Like when they did the Hercules plastic plates or whatever they were. Those were awesome. And it's funny when you go on here because some people still have, again, some of these items and they're just still selling them because you can find a lot of the like old bomber jackets that people were selling and stuff. So it was like Grimace and McDonald and all of Ronald McDonald and them. And they're all just kind of running in the Olympics. Oh, I see it. And then cups, I assume, are just kind of what they always did cups, whether it was the Olympics or no, that was Petrocanada. I think that did that. Coke also was a big sponsor. And I think they did. Uh, Petrocanada well. had the um, those like tumbler glasses and champagne glasses. Yeah. My parents had the whole fucking set. Yeah. The whole and set. I think they still have them. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they still fucking have them. I'm positive. You know what? I should have checked when I was there yesterday. Damn it, Lindy. Damn it. One day. We Damn still it. got, we, we still need content. Stupid it's okay. past Lindy. Right. Damn past Lindy, not paying attention to current Lindy. So we have Celine Dion performed at the opening ceremonies, which was four hours long. Clearly, you know what did stay here. And then Gloria. Yeah, it's Astrophon, not on my copy. <laughs> right? Gloria Estefan performed in the closing ceremonies and it was watched by estimated 3.5 billion viewers worldwide. Now, I'm not sure if you could get these kind yeah. of numbers nowadays. If they're streaming, but on TV, you don't seem to get these kind of numbers any nowadays. Oh God, no. That's why they, they they do a total viewership number now. They wouldn't even, they wouldn't say like, this was TV, this on, was yeah. streaming. This it would was be like that. TV, stream, everything like combined. And yeah. whoever, whoever, how many eyes were watching it on whatever device or whatever thing, that's what they count. 
And I never understand, like, what if you recorded it on your PVR? Does it also kind of, I never understood that part. Does it also understand that I watched it? Like, I never got if that always went into those or not. That's a thoughtful question. Right? I don't know. I've never, I've always wondered that. That's a great question. So you we should email also, them and ask them. We should. Nielsen, let us know, or whoever it is. Bell Canada, CRTC, someone, you let us know. Donovan Bailey, Canada's uh, big runner of that time, won gold and broke the world record for, it was the, I believe, 100 meter, 100 meter race. A fun fact, he only trained full-time for three years prior to beating this record. You're fast, you're fast. Right, you're fast, you're fast. Some are just born with it. Maybe he was like Canada's golden boy for so long. He was. He also won the four by 100 relay for Canada. And he actually was, I believe, the end per, um, what do they call him? The person at the end, the final runner comes up on the end or whatever to finish the race or whatever. I can't remember what they call the last person. The anchor, anchor. Sure. Oh, you don't remember this from, you know, school, pass off the baton? Nope. Track and field? Nope. Uh, he- I was very not athletic at all. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, he, I believe it says it was a time of nine point. Oh, so he broke onto the scene with Olympic gold and a 9.84 time and then there was a big debate about, so Michael Johnson was the American, if you kind of remember this as well. Michael Johnson, he did the gold for the 200 and the 400 meter, and he was labeled the fastest man to win both in like one Olympics. So there was a big debate that year on who truly was the fastest man, because Donovan Bailey broke records in the 100 meter, but Michael Johnson did it in this two and 400, and he also with the relay with Donovan Bailey. So there was a sports reporter, and I, I wrote it here, stupid U.S. reporter Bob Costas made a claim. Johnson's gold medal performance in the 200 meter 19.32 seconds was faster than Bailey's 100 meter performance 9.84 seconds earlier based on the 9.32 divided by two is 9.66. Well, I'm sorry, that's not logic because Mm -mm. when you're doing a 200 or 400 meter relay, you could pick up more speed in the end. Whereas when you're doing this one, you need hundred meters, you need it straight from beginning to end. You got to be up out and gone. So because he said this thing and Canada and the States, we always seem to have a fun little rivalry sometimes, yep. you know, who's better, yep. who's whatever. Just Ask had to him. smack them down. Just right? knock them down a peg, guys. We've got to humble you just a little bit. We still love you, but we've got to humble you. There was this race that we did afterwards, and I believe it was actually at, so it was a non, a non-AAF sanctioned event at Skydome where yep. Donovan Bailey and I remember Michael this. Johnson did 150 meters. So they split yeah, they the broke difference. it in the middle, split he the was difference. 200, yep. He was 100. We're going to split the difference and do 150 meters. And he was just in the, so. <laughs> what did Bailey finish at? So Donovan Bailey finished with a time of 14.99. And what about Johnson? Came up as a do not finish stating not a finish. pulled quad muscle. And then says some Canadians saw American media promotions of Michael Johnson as the world's fastest man as a cynical attempt to lessen Bailey's achievement. And then turns Probably. out we still beat him. They say it was, they say it was a pull quad quad muscle, but really a lot of the things that I kind of read was that he just kind of saw that he wasn't going to win and just, I guess, saw it honorable as a do not finish versus a lesser time. I don't know. Was it ever a rematch ever rescheduled? Cause probably not. I would call his bluff. Nothing was ever rescheduled. Nothing. That was the end. Of, that was the whole end of it after that. So, and it was funny because for all of us in Canada uh, and I think even the States, it was so anticlimactic. It almost felt like, cause they led up to it being like, yeah, we're going to race the fastest man, fastest man, fastest man. Not only that, it's a hundred meters. The thing lasts 15 seconds. It's not a big long 
race by any means. Yeah. So you have all this hype leading up to it. And then he freaking doesn't even finish. What the shit is that? So anticlimactic. I also like just now because I thought, hey, why not just search it right now? That Donovan Bailey only held that record for three years. Really? Yeah. Someone named Green in 1999, Green went on to break Bailey's world record time, clocking 9.79 seconds in 100 meters. Good for him. Yeah. Then we have the other big, huge, I guess, crazy event from the 96 Olympic. The Gymnastics Magnificent Seven. Oh, right. Ladies yeah, team. that infamous moment. The infamous moment that I think everybody remembers. The entire world remembers. cheer. Like, little bitty, bitty Carrie Strug. Little bitty Carrie Strug. Little firecracker almost. So she was going to the vault. And I think she'd done her first one. And she had kind of felt... She had like I think she she landed on it wrong and it did I think it ended up being a hairline fracture. It was a in the end injure it, but there was yeah she landed on it weird. Yeah, she landed on it weird, and of course there was a there was another. So there was some things I did kind of read where she may not have possibly have needed to, which is kind of going into if you've seen any of the new documentaries about the U.S. gymnastics team. I was literally Um, just going to ask you if you saw that. I've seen different, well, there's a bunch of different ones out there, but I have seen one of them. So I don't remember what it's called. Coaches were like, you have to do this. You have to, you know, you've come on, you've got to do this. You got to do this. So she goes out, does another vault, sticks that shit. Like there's no tomorrow. Like that girl just does it on said. She does the like two presentations. Like she does it perfectly. Amazing. And then the minute she does her second, like whatever, you just see her foot her thing to the crowd and she, and she on the ground crumples. Yeah. Poor girl hey. had a freaking super terrible bad ankle. And then there's the, the infamous picture of him going, I guess, going out to her the coach, essentially her coach it's and then picking her up. her up and then her picking up her uh, gold medal with her coach in his arms or whatever. And her yeah. standing there also with her, with her, with yeah. her team. And they ankle and yeah, the whole world felt for her at that moment. I actually did note it here. So what the team had not known was that due to poor performance by Russia's Rosa Galiva, Mochiano's failed second vault would have guaranteed them a gold, even if Strug decided against a second attempt. But instead, she emerged as a, le- as a legend and what passed in 96 as a viral sensation. Yep. So she actually sure did. didn't have to do that second vault, but... She didn't know that at the time, right? She didn't know it at the time. Exactly. Yeah. Didn't know. So she was like it all in. She was all in, all or nothing. And that that's why she's a legend. When it comes to training, I'm not saying to push yourself to like completely hurting yourself, but sometimes you do have to push yourself further than what you think you need. You can yeah, do. you need to push yourself past your boundaries, past your comfort zone. Right. Not in an unsafe manner in any way. No, not enough to break your legs or something, but you're but, gonna have to repeat things. You're gonna have to be afraid of falling. You're gonna have to be afraid to yeah. put yourself out there to guts. try these big it tricks. It takes fear. It takes a lot of pain. It takes a lot of no sleep. Not that I am speaking from experience because not by any means, but I've seen it in friends and family and it's kind of obvious that is the life of an athlete. Exactly. Yeah. Like it becomes your life. It becomes who you are, who you are, isn't who you are. You are that sport. Like Kirsten then says in bring it on. I am only cheerleading. I watched that like four days ago. (laughs) I haven't seen that one in a half one (laughs) <laughs> I think that's all we've got for like 96. Any other kind of final? I do, however, I do kind of remember it when I watched Jingle All the Way. There's one scene where at the beginning of the movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger is getting ready for bed and he's like, oh, did you get the iron, the, the Turbo Man toy or whatever? And it's his wife and he's wearing a 96 Atlanta t-shirt in that scene. And I do remember really? that. 
Yep. That's cool. I still remember that part to this day. So now we've got up to Sydney in 2000. And the year 2000. The, the millennium year, you know, the big, <laughs> big two zero zero zero. I might remember Sydney like a little bit yeah. more because it was more recent. More but, recent. So know. Sydney but... was September 15th to October 1st. I guess because they're a slightly, they would have been coming out of their spring, whatever. So they have to have it, I guess, a little bit later in the season, just because they're down below. Down was, under. And we survived the uh, Y2K bug. So we were allowed to have the Olympics, obviously. Yay! <laughs> so Bill Bryson from the Times called the Sydney Games one of the most successful events on the world stage, saying that they couldn't be better. Because obviously, again, it was the Millennium Olympics. I guess they people wanted to have... A big celebration. Uh, the Montreal Gazette suggested that the IOC should quit while it's ahead. Admit there could never be a better Olympic Games and be done with it, as Sydney was both exceptional and the best. So he wanted to give them up a hundred and four-year tradition because Sydney's was the best. Exceptional and the best. But he's from Montreal. It's a Quebecer. You don't know what they're talking about. We love you, Quebec. Don't worry. We're not hating on you. Just appreciation for your accents. That is all. Oh, accents anywhere are fabulous. I am so terrible. That was fucking terrible. I'm sorry. I apologize to all the French people out there that listen to that. Les poissons, les poissons. He, 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 ho, ho. <laughs> the flame on the uh, Sydney Olympics was <laughs> lit started. by an Aboriginal runner from uh, obviously Sydney, Kathy Freeman, and she act- later won the 400 meter gold for Australia. Woohoo. The debut events in the Sydney Olympics was men's and women's taekwondo, trampoline, triathlon. Synchro diving. Then we had some just new women's events only, which was oh. weightlifting, modern pentathlon, and pole vault. What is sync diving? Synchronized, Synchronized diving. diving. What is that? Is that just like two people dive at the same time? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like, I don't know, like did dance moves or something? I was like, what the, I've never heard of that. Synchronized dumb, swimming. Apparently. <laughs> Synchronized apparently, I need to watch lips a little more. Synchronized swim diving? Like, what are we talking about here? <laughs> new extreme sport. Extreme! So the Sydney Olympics, it was the debut of 15-year-old Michael Phelps. He was the youngest swimmer since 1932 at the time. And we now know his legacy has gone on since then to be the most, I think, decorated Olympian of all time, not just in swimming, but most decorated all time. Ten or eleven? Oh, nine gold medals. Yeah, I think he's got. Doesn't he have like 23 Olympic medals or something like that? Like something ridiculous. I thought he had 10 or 11. I'm going to look. I don't know. Hold on. How many Olympic medals does Michael Phelps have? 28. Michael Phelps Olympics medals tally consists of 23 gold medals, the most Olympic gold medals ever won, three silver and two bronze medals. 23 gold medals. Wow. And 28 medals total. And the funny thing is, 28 medals total. Over, Over five Olympics? I officially feel old. Cut or why, not, unaccomplished because oh, why? June 30th, 1985. He's literally what, like a month or so. Oh, younger than I'm me? exactly two years and a day older than him. What have I accomplished? I, don't, I, I know that's the one thing I hate. Like, not I hate, but you I feel what? silly no. when I watch. I'm, I'm, no, I'm going to change my answer to that. I've accomplished a lot. I'm in a loving relationship. I have great stepkids. I'm happy. I'm accomplished. I'm not saying I'm not happy or accomplished, but no, I know. Look at saying. these like 15 year olds in the Olympics and they're just doing all this right. Stuff. Like, Man, what enough. What did I do with my life? This, and then also when you see them after, like some of them now, obviously, if you literally went to the Olympics by the age of 20, what, I know there's lots left to do still in life, but it's like, how much more of a hot, like more highs can you get? Like, that's pretty How do you top awesome. that? 
Right? How do you top that? You never would, obviously, but it's just naked like, skydiving. Was it Simone Biles? I think when she met Zac Efron or whatever it was in the one of the Olympics. Or it was better than living in the, winning the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just so excited. Just she's so cute. I love her. She's the goat. She's even got it on her. Uh, I don't get. Can you explain that to me? What does that mean? Greatest what of that mean? all time. Oh, fucking slang. Yep, it's a goat. I know the new generation it's doesn't say, know how to actually. Your speak. language is stupid, and I don't like it. I'm ignoring it. We had in this Olympics actual or this. <laughs> Should we leave that part in? <laughs> I mean, we can. This is what I'm going to do to keep trying to step myself to stop saying my ticks, guys. I'm sorry. It will happen. We're episode 12. I've gotten that they've changed up over time. I'm no longer saying um, I think as often, but now it's turned into actually. So at least it's a word and not like a silly little tick thing. And fun fact, uh, uh, mine is tidbit. Tidbit? I have to stop using tidbit. Yep. Tidbit, okay. Andrea Radukin won gymnastics gold at the 20, 20, or 2000 Olympics. But she was actually stripped of her medals due to positive tests from cold medicine pills. Aww. Yep. Aww. I think she just had a cold or whatever, like, you know, cold and flu, whatever. But apparently you have to be no drugs in your system. So she got stripped of her medals. Now, the women who got the gold and silver spot, they kept, they said, we're like, we're taking it, whatever. But we know, and they said, like, in their platform that Radukin is the true winner of this gold medal. So all the girls still recognize she was the winner. That kind of reminds me of that episode of Make It or Break It, where um, Emily gets called into like the the headquarters of the Olympics team or whatever, because they finally make it to the Olympics, right? And like Team USA. And she's freaking out because she had an energy drink from like whatever country they're in. And there was certain items on their list that they were to avoid while they were in this country because it contains some of like the non-approved things that they will find in their urine samples and they'll be kicked out or disqualified. She had this energy drink and she's freaking out that she's going to get kicked out because it's going to show up something in her urine. Something did show up in her urine, but it was not a drug. A baby? It was a baby. And she was not on the next season. (laughs) There was also another instance of uh, metal, but this one was a little bit more solid. Marion Jones had won five medals in track events, but was stripped in 2007 after admission to performance enhancing drugs. She admitted. She admitted later on that she admitted it. I mean, she admitted after she got caught. It was in 2007. Uh, so she must, it just said she admit, admitted it at some point. So well, she must no, have no, I'm, just, I'm just wondering if like she had a guilty conscience and just admitted it without whatever, but unless she was, if she got caught and someone kind of like either blackmailed her or she had to like save face. Sorry. I don't buy an apology after you get caught. Lance Armstrong. <clears throat> I do remember watching the Sydney, Sydney Olympics got a little bit of a pain in the ass because they were literally 12 hours behind us. Uh, essentially. Not essentially, ahead. but they are. They're 12 They're hours ahead, ahead of yeah. us. So we're 12 yeah. hours behind. So when they're like doing their daytime stuff, we were sleeping at nighttime or and vice versa. It was definitely- If you wanted to watch it live, you had to be up in the middle. You had to be a night owl, essentially. You had to be and, it, and it was September 15th to October 1st. So everybody was back to school, back at work and everything. There wasn't, no, it wasn't summertime. Like at least in summertime, August, July, you can stay up a little later to watch the Olympics and it's okay. Yeah. You feel a or little- like you can go to bed and get up at like two to watch whatever sport is scheduled for that time that you want to watch, right? Like right. this, these Olympics were a little bit, a little bit more difficult to try and watch. And also Russia, Sochi, Russia in 2014 was also a hard one. Cause I remember the gold medal uh, hockey game was on at like, I think it started at something like five in the morning here in Canada. So bars were opening up at like six in the morning to, to show the gold medal game. 
I think I totally remember that. I think I posted something on my Facebook about it. I was like, look, this is how serious we take hockey in Canada. Yep. It was hilarious. We do. We take open the bar super early. I guess that's all I kind of really had on Sydney Olympics. I didn't have, I guess I didn't have a whole lot. Again, I don't really recall all of this. Like, yeah. And like, I wasn't a watcher of the Olympics. I didn't. Me and it didn't really interest me very much. Me and Danielle always I, enjoyed gymnastics because we were also I, dance kids. So that well, was okay. kind of our wheelhouse. That's not entirely true. Like I did watch like the Summer and Winter Olympics with my mom all the time. We, we did watch like the opening and closing ceremonies and we always watched figure skating. That was our sport. Mm-hmm. We always watched gymnastics. That was our sport that we watched. But like, I don't really recall much after Lilyhammer in uh, 94. Cause I just, I just remember that one so well because um, as it was going, my class had to do a project on it. Oh. You had to pick a sport and follow it through the Olympics and like kind of do like this scrapbook type thing about the, that sport in the Olympics and doing, doing a presentation on it or something. And guess what sport I picked that year? Figure skating. <laughs> Go figure. We'll get into that in the winter one. In the winter. Tony Harding. <clears throat> Continue, <laughs> Steph. 2004, we come to Athens. So it ran from August 13th to August 29th. So again, in the summertime. So even though, yes, we did have Mm -hmm. a time difference in Athens, which I think they're seven or eight hours, maybe. I mean, it doesn't seem as bad, but it was still quite a bit of a jump ahead. They were the first Olympic Games with internet coverage. So like specific, because we did have internet in like the 2000s, but they didn't really have the coverage or where we were starting to really they didn't really have it on phones yet no and that was around that because at around 2004 i think was when phones started kind of getting the internet that's they were only through broadcasting contracts though so like nbc.com you could go on and watch them and stuff so i think that was also allowed because of the time time difference it kind of probably allowed for people to watch it later easier with the internet coverage Mm-hmm. And athletes could not actually set up their own personal blogs, web blogs. It had, they couldn't do it that way. So if they wanted to, you know, they had their own blog or whatever, they just had, they couldn't post anything about it because it was contracted through these NBCs or whatever. Oh, okay. All right. I understand. I get it. Uh, they did return back home to the birthplace of, like I said, the original Olympics in Olympics Greece. from a um, long time ago. Long time ago. They were considered the dream game. Many structures to be were basically created, just like in a lot of the other Olympics. There's lots of, I'll say billions, not billions, but definitely millions and millions of dollars go into each Olympic Games for them. Oh, I'd say at this point, it's billions. It could be, it's probably billions with Tokyo. Oh, it's rather to update the infrastructure in the town. Definitely billions at this point. They They basically build a new city in a matter of what, how, when do they bid for it? Four years before? Eight years before? Yeah, they basically build a small city to accommodate an Olympics. Well, usually I think you can, yeah, I think you find your bids two years. I think it's like eight years is before is when they start to bid on them. Eight to 12 years. Out, I yeah. So like it. this year they'll do the bid for the 2028, unless they're going to change the year they do it. No, that's no, how I remember there's Olympics. Cause it's always on an even year. They're still keeping them to the original. Cause they've already, they've already done like 2022s <laughs> is already done. 2024 is like, those are already set up and being ready. So they're not changing their dates anymore. So 2024 is Paris. That's what I see. You don't see one for 2022 upcoming 2026 in milan and los angeles 2028 so i think they're actually going to 2030 now almost they'll be bidding for 2030 oh wow they're way out there beijing 2022 winter olympics officially known the winter games coming on is beijing 2022 and then i think yep. it's milan beijing so as we were saying many 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 millions and billions of dollars go into basically creating 
uh, upgrading infrastructures, creating buildings, uh, things for places for athletes to either stay or to compete in. So within the Greece's one, it's actually very sad to see many of the structures were not kept up to date or anything. They just are sitting there rotting, resting and crumbling. Many attribute the exorbitant price tag for the 2004 Olympics played a large role in Greece's debt and economic downfall that's happened. In How much was, what was the price tag? I didn't write it down, but I know I did see a price tag for it. Going back to your little comment about the crumbling features and stuff that they built for these, Mm -hmm. that's actually true for a lot of Olympic parks. If you Google search abandoned Olympic parks, there's tons of them, tons of them. And they're actually like glorious to see. I'm a huge fan of abandoned things and seeing nature take back what it's rightfully theirs. But and, which is the funny thing, you put millions of dollars into these things. Why don't like places like Canada and the States, why don't you just keep using them? Because guess what? Now you've got this free structure. There, the structure there are there. a few that are, that are in use that were turned into other things, mm-hmm. but probably at least half of them are probably in ruins right now. There were some security concerns with the Greek, <laughs> with Greece, just because there's proximity to the Middle East. There was obviously the post because it was two, three years post 9-11 and all of the stuff going on there. Nothing obviously happened, but people just anywhere in the beginning of the 2000s, we were just at heightened everything when it came to travel because of this, the 9-11 attacks, basically. Very heightened security everywhere. Everywhere. Anything, everywhere. And unfortunately, there was... I was lucky. My Italy trip was six months before 9-11 happened. More than 20 athletes... Uh, were disqualified for performance-enhancing drugs use in the 20? More than 20? More than 20 athletes disqualified. Really? Yep. Holy shit. Were any of them Canadian? Didn't say exactly where they came from. Just 20 of them were disqualified. Wow. (laughs) There was also construction delays and worry of hot, humid weather and air pollution. The IOC originally thought to move locations from Greece. They didn't say where, but they just thought that it wouldn't be necessarily the greatest of conditions for the athletes to compete in and the debut sports that year were women's freestyle wrestling and saber fencing oh god my name is anil montoya you kill my father prepare to die uh phelps michael phelps of course again because this was his second olympics tops the medals with a record-breaking eight medals six gold two bronze it was the third straight game where canada's contingent had more women than men Yay! But as you like you were saying in the '96 and- Olympics, there was more yeah. men, way more men competitors than there was women. Well, in this one, Canada had more women than men. So progress, guys, and progress. Canada, and Canada won 12 medals, including first in rhythmic, which is now known as artistic gymnastics, and first gold in women's cycling. Go us! Woo-hoo. That's pretty cool. We did pretty good. Yeah. You know? I know. Usually, winter is our more prominent kind of winter olympic because hello we're in winter like seven months of the year right like let's be realistic it's not like four or five it's like seven these last couple years it's actually been not too bad there was so i believe it was started in around i think 98 when i looked at it 96 or 98 roots canada was Mm -hmm. doing the outfits for the canadian teams specifically about the canadian sponsors yeah so they were the outfit sponsors for the canadian team Roots was the merchandise people for Canada from, I believe, 97, I think it was, up until 98 when HBC outbid Roots. And HBC has had the contract ever since to outfit uh, Canada, obviously, as we know. The Red Mittens thing. HBC? Where did the Red Mittens come from, Lindy? 
HBC. I don't know what fucking HBC is. What is he? Oh, Huron Bay Company. Hudson's Bay Company. Oh, Hudson's Bay Company. What the <laughs> f- Whatever. It's like the biggest, oldest company in Canada. That Come nobody on. refers to as HBC. Everyone HBC. refers Hudson's Bay. Everyone HBC calls it Rewards Hudson. Card. Nobody calls HBC it that. Credit card. They, they, nobody I know. If you had just called it Hudson's, I would have known what you were talking about. No, it's been HBC for so long now. They've, they're rebranding themselves. But yeah, uh, so they re-brand, have the contract Rebrand now. this. And if you remember, so Roots, like 98 was kind of the big year that Roots was the, I know it's the Winter Olympics, but they were, that was the big year where everyone knew kind of they were outfitted because they had those paperboy or newsboy hats that everybody kind of wore back. Oh yeah. Everybody had those. That was the big trend. My sister had had one of those. Yeah. It was a big trend that year. Everybody wanted those Canada paperboy hats. And then I think they also had a bomber jacket as well. They were also so expensive. So I never could afford them. I couldn't afford roots period. So <laughs> I love that nineties are coming around. Cause there's a whole shit ton of stuff in the nineties that I was not old Which enough to wear. And I'm excited for, and I have been wearing oh some of God. the crop tops and stuff. I haven't, I've gone to the like mom jeans, but I still wear high-waisted, like my own, like high-waisted, like skinny jeans with crop tops. I want to come back. I want those. The Daphne Tanner wore them a lot in like the last season of full house. They were like, the dress that was loose it was plaid it had ruffles almost kind of like layers and you she'd wear it with like a, a pair of doc martin high high tops that does that ring a bell possibly because i remember i was i had this conversation about i'm how... feeling like she was doing a dance like wearing it i think because i was having a, i had a conversation about how gia was my fashion inspiration when i was a kid because uh, there was an outfit she wore or whatever and i remember so Danielle had the baby doll dress that was the floral with the t-shirt underneath. And her t-shirt was kind of a little bit on the crop side. So I'd wear this crop top, but I had a plaid shirt that I would wear over top of it with my jeans. Mm-hmm. I think I saw Gia in an outfit like that or whatever. And that was how I got the idea to wear that outfit. Her and Stephanie mm-hmm. or something were wearing something similar to that or whatever. Yeah, it was when Steph came downstairs and Danny's like, he comments on her inappropriate outfit for school. Something yeah. like that. So it was that episode. I just remember, like, specifically remember watching that episode and wanting to do her outfit. So I felt like I brought and got them together. And then I was, eh, I was a little fashion forward kid, but I was, I never got to do it. So I'm like, I get to do it now as an adult. My inspiration for fashion in that sense, like plaid shirt and everything was Berta from now and then. You wore like, wear a pair of jean shorts, long sleeve plaid shirt with the buttons uncuffed, like unbuttoned, and then only two buttons done up. And either you left it just down or you tied it up. I wore that a lot as a preteen. All right, so I think we're uh, basically all done with our Olympic stuff. So yeah, really- yeah. I mean, having only like a ten-year span, there really was only like three Olympics that we could talk about that yeah. in that time frame, right? Because it's basically so, summers every four, winters every every four every as well. Four as well. On Olympics every two years. I mean, that's a really cool setup. Whoever came up with that setup, freaking brilliant. Well, originally it actually used to be they would do them just every four years. So it would be the winter and summer every four years. That just seems like a lot to do in one year. So I think that I think the first however many years after a certain point, they changed it because like I said, it was difficult. The uh, people who are like in charge of the Olympic, regardless of what country it's in, the people who are always involved every single Olympic do they have like a winter Olympic committee and like a summer Olympic committee or is it the same people do it being involved in every single Olympic? Well, there's the IOC, which is the international Olympic committee. And so I guess they're the ones that run. Cause they probably have a, at least one board that overlooks the whole thing. Right. And then I, I think in each country they have their own, like 
it's in the ILC. A, it's probably a very vast company. Like it's a right. probably a huge corporation. Like actually, it says here ninety two until nineteen ninety two. The Summer and Olympic Games were held in the same year and in accordance with the 1986 decision by the IOC to place the Summer Olympic Games and the Winter Olympic Games on separate four-year cycles in alternating even-numbered years. The next Winter Olympic Games after 1992 were in 1994. So it was actually in our lifetime they separated them out. Interesting. Good to know. I guess that answers that question. Well, They were interrupted from 1940 to 1944 by World War II. Obviously. But yet we couldn't cancel them for coronavirus. Anyways, and it resumed in 48. I'm pretty sure I also read that they canceled them for the plague as well, too, in the 1980s or 1920s. Well, yeah, that was like fucking bodies laying in the middle of the streets. Ugh. Okay, so any more little interesting fun facts about the Olympics? I did not have any more notes on the Olympics. I Those were all of much. mine. Um, except, okay, so when I watched the opening ceremony before we did, before we did this, it was Celine Dion, right? And she was wearing something that would be in today, going back to our fashion conversation. She was wearing like the white higher up skirt, like just above the belly button with the kind of crop top, white matching sparkly V-neck, like little top. I was like, oh, that would totally be in style. But what topped it off was her Rachel hairdo and her uber 90s makeup, like really thick in the dark, like here and then really white. Because that was the time when she had the... um... It's all coming back to me now and whatever yeah. haircut or whatever it was was that haircut or and it whatever? had like the little flip but like it was a rachel but it had like the little flip yeah. at the bottom yeah i was just like oh, that's so 90s i think gloria stefan in the closing ceremonies was wearing almost the same thing she was wearing all white dress with like well they always have to wear white at this it was a mesh for some mesh long sleeve shirt with like a white bandeau underneath and like a white skirt or pants maybe i don't know i found it to be i don't know there was a celine dion was accompanied by like I'm going to guess like a thousand person choir. Like it was ridiculous. Like it was, it was good. Like it was yeah. a really good performance. She always does. It's Celine Dion. Of course. It's fucking, yeah. Like she's also a Canadian treasure. Canadian treasure and a legend. Of course she will do an amazing show. My heart will go on came on to my playlist and I totally forgot that I added to it. And the second that I heard that first note, a very icy chill went down my spine <laughs> and it was very welcoming because it was so hot that day at work. That's funny. Alrighty, well, internet, I think that concludes another episode of Turn of the Millennials. Yes, it does. So yeah. enjoy the Olympics for the next yes. two weeks. Today enjoy. Is- Hopefully, if you're, you listening, catch- if you're listening to this in the day, enjoy, I guess, yeah. the opening ceremonies later tonight. Well, they're in Tokyo, so I'm not sure if it's going to be on now or tonight. Not the way they're today. Enjoy the opening ceremonies today at some point. Enjoy watching your favorite sports and cheering for your favorite athletes. Yeah. I think Michael Phelps is in this one again this year and Simone Biles and you know the... oh and she is making waves like right. I am looking forward to seeing what she has to bring to the table this year there is also I've been reading a bunch of Canadian like young Canadians that have been like just either a super young getting in or b just like slamming like kind of records or like getting really good on their Olympic trials so we could good have some them. really good Canadians this year too yeah, all right got, got some good Canadian content in the Olympics this year so, I sounds like it's gonna be a good time and I might actually watch it this year. And skateboarding is oh, is that a year. new event? Right, it's, yeah. It's um, right on. Uh, they said street and it's not half pipe or anything. So it's street and I think like trick or something or whatever. But there's two right. two skateboarding Still. events. Apparently Still the girls awesome. that are from there are good and like yeah, I've been reading a bit about it. It's been it'll be good. Some good Olympics this year. Right arm. 
you know, go whatever country you're from, you're listening to, we're not going to hate, but for us, it's go Canada. Go Canada. And some of those uh, Olympic Bring gold medals. Bring us gold. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And well, make sure you uh, check us out on all our handles, search Turn the Millennials on anything and you will find us. <laughs> yes. We are now on Amazon podcasts and mm-hmm. iHeartRadio podcast. So check us out. Well, have a fantastic night worldwide web. And we will see you in a couple of weeks. Peace out, homies. I don't know what we're doing, but we'll talk to you then. Yep. (laughs) Peace. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you liked it, be sure to check out our previous episodes on our website at www.millennialspod.com. And also, you can check them out on Spotify, Anchor, Google, or Apple Podcasts. While you're there, hit the follow and subscribe buttons so you can stay up to date on all of our latest episodes. Also, you can follow us on all of the socials, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, at Turn of the Millennials Pod, and like us on Facebook to leave a comment and a review. We greatly appreciate it. We will see you next episode.